interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Phone calls discombobulate the right shield lizard. Video games make me say the strangest things sometimes. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely downtown Halifax, which probably isn't going to be quite as lovely um, this weekend. There is probably going to be a fair amount of snow and rain, but... That is going to be for later on in the show in about half an hour's time. Right now, let us check out what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net over the past week, starting with Jason with two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII, as well as a new Let's Play, another replay of his for Vagrant Story. There are eight new episodes available for your perusal there. Uh, there is the last episode of The Goonies 2, as well as a couple of things from Scarlet, three new episodes of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, which has been sitting there for a little while, and um, The Third Birthday. We got two episodes there that, of course, started um, last week. But uh, here we are with uh, the first normal episode of 2019, and let's hope that it's going to be a good one. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the series, but... Um, Jason did start a, uh, a new series. Uh, he had done 365 days of the NES back in 2013. Um, now he's doing 365 days of the Super Nintendo. And uh, the last one of those to come out is the very classic Legend of Zelda, um, A Link to the Past, which um, is probably one of the best games on the system. I mean, it's opinion is going to differ. Not everyone likes that sort of game, but um, the general opinion is pretty much on the wall there. Anyway, let's get things started with some archive music. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM, Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song is by Tsukasa Masko and Mishiharu Hasuya. Hasuya, there we go. And it is the song for today's game from the archives. Uh, One moment, folks. I got this. I got this, guys. You and Jack must challenge the king demon Beelzebut to a final fight to the bitter end. Beelzebut has abducted the merciful king Pamera, his queen, and the fair princess. He has imprisoned them in his cursed pyramid. The mighty brothers fought bravely against Beelzebut and failed. Jack, the youngest of all the brothers, must restore peace and order in the world. He needs your help. And so this is Mighty Bomb Jack. It's a platformer game for the Nintendo Entertainment System developed and published by Tecmo and released in 1987. Oh boy, is this ever hard. Um, it is uh, it basically not a direct port, but a port nonetheless of the arcade game Bomb Jack with a couple of actual stages. Uh, to fill in the spaces between the um, bonus levels, which are the levels in the arcade version. It is a bit bit confusing, but eh, that's what we get, I suppose. In any case, there are four episodes, as I have requested from Ragnats all this time ago. It's a pretty nice watch, so go check it out. Might enjoy it.
And that was Stream of Convalescence by Bitrat from his album Alberta. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is of course time for the news of the weird, as well as the usual reminder that one, uh, I am looking for something similar to news of the weird, but not uh, exactly news of the weird itself, but in that same sort of uh, digest format. If you know of anything of the kind, please let me know over on Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M. And of course, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these may not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 14 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, First World Solution. When Victoria Ameth, 18, headed to college last... Uh, good start. When Victoria Ameth, 18, headed to college last fall, she couldn't take along her beloved cats, Tina and Louise, and her dad, Troy Good, 43, couldn't keep them at his new apartment in San Jose, California. So, rather than abandon them, Good did what any doting uh, daddy would do. I say that three times fast. He rented them an apartment of their own. Tina and Louise now live the good life in a 400-square-foot studio apartment behind the Willow Glen home of David Kalish, who told the San Jose Mercury News, They're very quiet, obviously. The only problem is they stink up the place. Good pays $1,500 a month rent, and Kalish stops in every day to feed and play with the kitties. Sounds perfect. $1,500 for cats! I mean... I love cats, I really do, but... I suppose it is San Jose after all. And living expenses are going to be uh, markedly higher than what they are here in Halifax. But, wow. That's, um... That's some dedication right there. And I appreciate you for it. Um, that's a good man. It's a good man. Troy Good. Uh, yes, that was terrible. No, I don't apologize. Recurring themes, ladies and gentlemen. There are three stories under this header. The first clue for police that Craig Weistar, 51, of Warren, Ohio, shouldn't have been driving was that he was behind the wheel of a car facing east in a westbound lane around 2 a.m. on December 4th. The second was the woman in the back seat who mouthed, help me, to officers as they questioned Y-Star who had a bottle of vodka at his feet. When asked what he was doing, Y-Star reported, I'm Ubering, reported WFMJ-TV. Yeah, sure you are, buddy. Officers moved the passenger to their patrol car and administered a field sobriety test during which Y-Star admitted, I'm plastered, I'm talking hammered, I confess I'm drunk. I've never been drunk. I don't know what a drunk voice is. Come on. Um, Y-Star's Uber passenger got a ride home from the police and he pleaded guilty on January 14th to driving under the influence. Most important, he will no longer be able to drive for ride-sharing apps. I mean, at least he admitted it. Um, 
Some people will just kind of try to keep going along with the charade despite the fact that they're blind stinking drunk, but eh, at least he admitted it. Not that he should have been driving, but in the end, I suppose all's well that ends well, I don't know. It's probably a lesson we learned from that. Our next recurring theme, Sunita Jairam, or Hiram rather, I'm gonna go with Hiram. Sunita Hiram, 48, of Lexington, Kentucky, was arrested for driving under the influence at about 1 a.m. on January 13th, which she explained to police by saying she did it for her son. According to the Lexington Herald leader, Hiram told police that she had been drinking all day and, quote, drank a bunch of beer and got in her car to uh, drive to teach her son a lesson. Her son, whose age was not reported, told police he had tried several times to get out of the BMW X1, quote, due to his mother's driving, end quote, but the doors were locked. Hiram was also charged with endangering the welfare of a minor. Starting to see what they're talking about with these recurring themes. And guess what? There's still another one left. In the category of straining logic, uh, Jana Mos Moschgatz, defense attorney, suggested at her drunk driving hearing on January 8th in Berwick, Pennsylvania, that the results of her breath test might have been compromised by the fact that, according to the arresting officer, she was nibbling on her coat before the test was administered. Moshgat, 47, smelled of alcohol, the officer testified, and failed a field sobriety test. Her blood alcohol uh, was tested at 0.151%, almost twice the legal limit. Attorney uh, Travis Petty questioned the officer about the, his knowledge of the fabric content of her coat, uh, reported the Bloomsburg Press Enterprise, saying that certain materials can alter the results of breath tests. The judge wasn't buying the argument and sent the case to trial. I mean, at least she didn't have a passenger with her to endanger the life of, you know, someone who's completely uninvolved in the um, drunk driving other than the fact that they're in the car. <laughs> anyway. Don't drink and drive, folks. That's what we're trying to say. Promises, promises. On January 1st, Curtis Bruner filed a lawsuit claiming a Burger King in Wood Village, Oregon, reneged on his province, a promise following a traumatic incident on December 15th. KATU-TV reports Bruner was having lunch at the fast food joint that day when he became locked in the restroom. Employees provided him with a fly swatter to use to wrench the door open, but Bruner cut his hand on it and the lawsuit says employees laughed at Bruner from the other side of the door. It wasn't until an hour later when a locksmith arrived that he was set free. To make things right, said Bruner's attorney Michael Fuller, uh, the Burger King manager offered Bruner free food for the rest of his life at that restaurant and followed through for a few weeks. But eventually the re regional manager stepped in and ended it. Bruner's suit seeks damages of $9,026.16, the price of one burger meal per week for the next 22 years. There are funny elements of the case, Fuller told KTU, but there is nothing funny about being locked in a dank bathroom for an hour. You're telling me. Um, I don't know if... Uh, free food for the rest of his life 
was really the correct approach, but at least they were trying to mollify him until, yeah, until that happened and then things became unhappy. Well, I think the moral of the story is, um, don't laugh at other, at other people's misfortune, at least not while they're in earshot. Great art! Ladies and gentlemen, Namibian artist Max Seedentop, 27. Yes, I realize that this entire thing is pretty much laughing at other people's misfortune. Tomato, tomato. Namibian artist Max Seedentop, 27, has placed an installation in the ancient Namib desert consisting of six speakers attached to an MP3 player projecting the song Africa by Toto. Over and over and over for all eternity. The song, released in 1982, has enjoyed a resurgence of popularity and was one of Spotify's top throwback songs in 2018. Seedentoff told the BBC that solar batteries will keep the, the song playing forever. I wanted to pay the song the ultimate homage and physically exhibit it physically exhibit Africa in Africa, but I'm sure the harsh environment of the desert will devour the insulation eventually. I left my brains down in Africa? I don't know. Uh, yes, yeah, so anyway. Let's move on, shall we? With something that is perhaps inexplicable. Mmm, breakfast. That's inexplicable. Well, maybe not, but let's keep reading. Around 7 a.m. on January 6th at a McDonald's in San Francisco, a man carried a dead raccoon into the restaurant and laid on a table, then sat down with it. Restaurant patron Chris Brooks captured the spectacle on Facebook Live, recording as the man stood from his seat and walked around the restaurant talking with people. Another man, wearing gloves, then picked up the raccoon by its tail and took it outside to a garbage can, trailing blood on the floor. Fox News reported San Francisco police responded to the restaurant and released the unidentified raccoon owner after speaking with him. McDonald's closed the store immediately and reopened two hours after sanitizing the dining room. One patron wrote on Twitter, I've seen worse than a dead raccoon at that same McDonald's. Worse than a dead raccoon? That's splattering blood everywhere? Oh my goodness. I don't even want to know. Maybe that's a sign. I don't know. Maybe that's a sign that McDonald's should reevaluate something. Just re just reevaluate. McDonald's, if you're listening to the listening to this, reevaluate. That's all I gotta say. Our next story, Love Gone Wrong. It was love at first arrest for 27-year-old Ashley Keister of Nanticoke, Pennsylvania, when she was apprehended by a West Wyoming, Pennsylvania police officer last year. Ever since, Police Chief Curtis Nacero told the Associated Press Keister has been harassing the officer with sexual messages on social media and would call 911 just to talk with them. On January 7th, police said, Keister took her infatuation a step further using a large cigarette butt receptacle to break through the door of the West Wyoming police station around 1 a.m., where she rummaged through filing cabinets. Keister was caught on surveillance video and was charged with aggravated assault on a police officer, burglary, and vandalism.
Aggravated assault? What? I I don't even know, but I guess it's some interpretation of the law to keep her away from now. I don't know. Just the the very fact that she would break into a police office. That's dedication if nothing else and that's putting it lightly anyway um our next story crime report because we haven't had enough of that this uh, this episode i say is garcia 30 of garland texas pleaded guilty in a bridgeport Co uh, connecticut courtroom on january 10th to reduce charges stemming from a bizarre kidnapping scheme last april garcia had abducted a 21 year old Fairfie fairfield man and was demanding $800 in ransom, the man's aunt and father reported to police on April 6th. Police told the aunt to request a photo to guarantee the young man was still alive, and when the photo arrived by text, ctpost.com reported, it showed the victim lying face down in a bathtub with a three-foot-long alligator on top of him, mouth open. In a subsequent phone call, the victim told his aunt, TD, man, they got this alligator on me and they are saying that if no money is given, they're gonna, they're gonna have him chewing on me. Okay. Police and the FBI were able to trace the phone calls to a hotel room where Garcia was apprehended. He faces a year in prison. You know what? You know when everything is fine and everything... Nothing seems to be going wrong, and then all of a sudden, alligator. That's pretty much what happened here. Our last story for today, bright idea. In Williamson County, Texas, Sheriff Robert Chody has employed a new cadre of deputies to help deter speeding. Interestingly, they all look alike. The cardboard cutouts, which Chody has placed along roads where speeding is common, depict one of the department's real-life deputies pointing a radar device at the roadway. It's a creative way to solve the problem without really working the problem, he told KTCB-TV. Slow down because you never know if it's the real deal or not, he warned. The sheriff said he tested the idea in school zones and, quote, we didn't get one speeder. Of course, now that the story is out, what's really stopping anyone? Well, I suppose that there's still the fact that it could be a real person behind that. Um, I don't know. To me, it just seems like they're going to need to be a little more creative about it since they've put it in the news. But, yeah, I'm not the one having to worry about this, right? They can worry. They, they can worry about this in Williamson County, Texas. Anyway, that's about it for the news. Let us take a look at the weather. And oh, Nelly, uh, we got an interesting storm front coming up in the next couple of days. A winter storm expected to bring major impacts to the region Sunday and into Monday. A low-pressure system will approach the region from the southwest on Sunday and track across the Gulf of St. Lawrence early Monday as a large winter storm. All indications show a major snowfall event for areas north of the track of the uh, low, a major rainfall event south of the track of the low, and significant amounts of snow, rain, and an extended period of freezing rain near the track of the low. 
The precipitation will be accompanied by very strong east-northeast winds ahead of the lowest track, shifting to very strong southerly winds south of its track. Current indications suggest that the storm will track through the Bay of Fundy Sunday evening and then into the Gulf of St. Lawrence overnight. This track could give snowfall amounts of 10 to 20 centimeters and rainfall amounts of 25 to 60 millimeters. The highest snowfall amounts will likely be over the Cumberland region of northern Nova Scotia. It should be noted that even a slight shift in its forecast track will have major effects on the type and amount of precipitation received. So please continue to monitor alerts and forecasts issued by Environment Canada. Uh, you can go to weather.jc.ca or uh, tweet reports using hashtag NSStorm and also follow that um, hashtag in order to uh, keep up with everything that's going on. Anyway, current weather. It is currently minus 4 degrees with a wind chill of minus 9, partly cloudy here in Halifax, looking at a 30% chance of flurries tonight and a low of minus 5. Saturday, Saturday, de Ugh, I almost said December. Saturday, January 19th, 19th a 30% chance of flurries and a high of minus 6 going down to a low of minus 16 and mainly cloudy at night. Uh, Sunday, January 20th, as mentioned, snow or rain and a high of plus 8 going down to a low of plus 1 and rain overnight. That can, of course, change widely depending on the track of the storm. Monday, January 21st, periods of rain or snow and a high of plus 1 going down to a low of minus 11 and flurries at night. Tuesday, January 22nd, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 5 going down to a low of my... Uh, uh, excuse me, a high of minus 5 on January 22nd. Uh, going down to a low of minus 7 and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, January 23rd, flurries of rain showers and high of plus 4, staying at a low of minus 4 and rain overnight. And Thursday, January 24th, uh, looking at showers and a high of plus 3 three degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. It's time for a little more music, wouldn't you say?
that was Secret God Matara, Hidden Star in All Seasons, a um, chiptune rock remix of that by Jerry Stuff. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know. And um, today I wanted to kind of look back on 2018, not so much for the music as we've done previously, but um, I wanted to talk about a few series that particularly come to mind as having some sort of meaning, at, at least to myself and I'm sure to others as well. I don't mean series such as those you'd find on TV, but rather things on YouTube and Twitch, and really none of these come from particularly popular online personalities, so the average person is likely to have missed them. All three of these do have everything uh, to do with uh, video games, however. Uh, Sorry. All three of these do have everything to do with video games, and all of these do have everything posted to YouTube, uh, so this is uh, not too late to check this stuff out if you haven't already. So in any case, all of these three start in, in 2018, and let's take a look at them. The first I want to mention is Lolo de Puzzlo's Retro Rank Rhapsody. This self-descriptive series takes a look at games that either are retro, going up to fifth generation consoles or have ties to retro games such as uh, things that have the retro aesthetic to them and ranks them based on which he would rather play sometimes influenced by his audience as well as uh, separated by a category as well and not your not your genre categories specifically uh, he has a different categorization for it which is a little strange but it does make sense if you're actually uh, following with the series. So this makes it a fairly subjective list for the most part, but that's about the nature of these things. Now this concept might sound a little boring on the surface, but the range of games uh, visited is like no other YouTuber or streamer that I've seen. Now obviously, there are going to be some picks that everyone knows, like Zelda or Mega Man or Mario or what have you. But then you have the uh, games that have barely any presence, if at all, such as Trio the Punch Never Forget Me by Data East, which is about the most delightfully bizarre beat-em-up you'll ever find, crammed with bad English, bad Japanese, and some of the most absurdist situations you'll find in such a game. Uh, Michael English Diboken by Scorpionsoft, which aims to be an English tutor for the Famicom, but can't even get its L's and R's straight, much less be particularly engaging. And The Shiva by Wajet Eye Games, which is a murder mystery point-and-click adventure, but one which specifically represents the Jewish community. On top of that, people join him on Discord to commentate and help him rank games, and the range of his Discord guests varies wildly as well. Some more level-headed guests will offer objective observations, which help in ultimately ranking it, uh, while others, especially one in particular by the name of Torpid Dragular, uh, react wildly to the content, content presented to the approximate tune of What the Fergus is this game? I'm paraphrasing, of course. 
in any case, Lolo de Puzzlo's Retro Rank Rhapsody is a feature not to be missed. And if you're listening to this show live, you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Lolo de Puzzlo, L-O-L-O-D-E-P-U-Z-L-O, tonight at around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Otherwise, he usually streams on Fridays and Saturdays, and you can keep up with him by following him on Twitter at Lolo de Puzzlo. He also posts um, edited versions of every episode of Retrograde Rhapsody to his YouTube channel of the same name. Uh, just to give you an idea, the month of January is being spent catching up on requests sent to him. February will be mostly sequels to, to uh, previously ranked games. And March 1st, we'll see him playing through the classic Metroidvania platformer La Mulana for reaching his goal of 150 Twitch followers. And he has other goals uh, set up in the future. Uh, if you want to um, make him play these um, somewhat epic games, uh, do be sure to give him a follow. I think his next goal as far as um, follows is as two, uh, at 200 where he's going to play the Mega Man sprite comic game. I've seen someone play that game. <laughs> that is a spectacle to behold. So, um... I would say it's worth a look. The second series that I want to canvas is by the very person who played Mega Man sprite game who I watched, YouTuber Grimith R. This is a guy who often has a tendency to either take lighthearted games seriously or more serious games with a grain of salt, but occasionally he comes across a hidden gem into which he's able to completely immerse himself, and such is the case with his let's play of Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass by Casey Ozimi. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but eh, there you go. <laughs> the game's tagline, as listed on Steam, is simply... One day, Jimmy looked inside. This game follows the story of an 8-year-old boy named Jimmy who one day opens up a world in his dreams filled with adventure and experiences and where he's helped by the people he cares about in the outside world. An evil entity known as the Pulsating Mass is trying to take over and destroy this world and it's up to Jimmy and his friends and family to stop it. However, where this starts off as something fairly jovial, it definitely doesn't stay that way. As the story progresses, it becomes something much more deep, sinister, and even somewhat heart-wrenching, and Grimmeth takes us all on his journey as he experiences the game for the first time. Now, this series is not exactly a light watch for a YouTube series. Despite being created by one person, Grimmeth has managed to put together over 100 episodes, uh, many of which are... Um, most of which really are at least half an hour long, if not longer, uh, as he explores every nook and cranny of the world and every single plot twist and side story the game has to offer. The main story at this point has been completed, but he's still going, and no doubt will continue to go until there's nothing left to say, but I'm sorry. Trust me, that makes sense if, you're wa if you watch this series or if you play the game yourself it will come up. You can check him out at youtube.com slash grimithr, G-R-I-M-I-T-H-R, or follow him on Twitter at grimith. And finally, since I can't, uh, since I apparently can't shut up about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for more than, you know, a couple of weeks, 
I'd like to talk about one particular streaming series for the game, which was done by one of its English voice actors, Sky Bennett. Now, I'm sure, I'm certain that this isn't the first time that someone who's part of the cast and or crew of a game ends up playing it for the internets, but uh, Sky decided to punch it up by doing this for a cause. In fact, a couple of causes. If you haven't been closely following this series, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 follows the story of Rex, who comes across a weapon attached to a being of extraordinary power known as the Aegis, and takes on, takes on her request to be brought to Elysium at the top of the World Tree, where she came from. Sky provided the, vo the English voice of this being, named Pyra, and despite having uh, lived in England for the majority of her life, as she comes from American parents, she's able to nail that accent pretty well. Anyone who has played uh, Xenoblade, Chronicles Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, knows that all of the blades in this game are um, have American accents to kind of separate them for, from uh, everyone else who has an accent from somewhere in the United Kingdom and Scotland. Um... Wait, Scotland? Well, the the United Kingdom at the very least. Um, I shall stop embarrassing myself now and continue with this review. However, as probably tends to be the case with uh, many actors and voice actors, she didn't actually partake in the fruit of her labors at the time, so she decided to play through the game as the internet washed and built a community centered on posit positivity and welcoming. Even Sky herself was a bit overwhelmed when she learned that the thing that she was doing allowed so many people to come together and form strong bonds and friendships with each other. Not have heard of, naturally, but she was still delighted that it was because of what she was doing. On top of that, half of any proceeds that she was receiving for both the base game and its expansion went straight to charity. The base game's money went to the Cystic Fibrosis Trust, being an organization which has helped her with her own condition and helps countless others affected by it. Uh, and the funds uh, raised during her playthrough of the expansion half of that went to Street Vet, which helps the pets of the homeless who may not be able to afford care for them when they get sick or injured. Unfortunately, she's not streaming at the present time, but that's not to say that she won't ever do that again anymore. In fact, she may be considering playing through the game she's voicing now, uh, though she hasn't made any official announcement of which game it is or whether she definitely, definitely will be streaming it. But in any case, you can find her on Twitter at SkyDavaBennett, that's S-K-Y-E-D-E-V-A-B-E-N-E-T-T, and archives of her streams are still available on her YouTube channel of the same name. Uh, you can also catch her on her boyfriend Sam's stream at twitch.tv slash Sam underscore twitches. So that's more or less the year 2018 in review as far as streaming video game media. Um, that's not to say that there weren't other memorable or notable streaming um, video game experiences out there, but those are the ones that I personally have selected for you. Uh, here's hoping that 2019 will bring many more notable and memorable videos series such as these. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Hige Driver with Nipponia, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that last one was Yoyami with Da 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 Chip. That's the name of the song. <laughs> and um, that will do it for this week. I will, of course, be again here again now. Well, not now, but here again next week, which will be now a week from now. Um, yes, this this what happens when you travel through time, and we're all traveling through time. We're traveling one second into the future every second, so wrap your heads around it. We're in for the long haul. It's time for the end credits. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manama Namiki, Noriki Kamikura, Simon Woodington, Niflis, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour, <clears throat> excuse me, Earth and Sky at 7 p.m., and the Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041 to leave your feedback. There is also a podcast version of this show. It's available at lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or pretty much wherever you find your podcasts. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CK, excuse me, CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>